Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Believe and Listen Talk Radio from New York with Carla Blaha, Evidential Medium. Weekly conversations on all things spiritual and metaphysical, discussions, callers, and readings. Cultivate your personal connection to spirit and the universe. Learn that the impossible is actually possible. Hello and welcome to Believe and Listen. I'm your blog talk host, Carla Blaha. I'm an evidential medium. I'm here on my first maiden voyage of my blog talk radio show, Believe and Listen. I gave a lot of thought onto what I should have the first show about. And then I realized I have to, have to let you know a little bit about me so you know where this information is coming from. So again, my name is Carla Blaha, and I am a full-time medium in the New York metropolitan area. So I travel all over for work, and I do readings all over the country in groups. I am based in the New York tri-state area. Thank you for listening And I'm hoping I'm going to get you to believe and listen. I'd like to talk one second about how I came up with the title, Believe and Listen. And it's actually, and it won't become a shock to anybody, it was a metaphysical reason. Firstly, I do have faith that if you believe and listen, you can get everything sewn up in your life. Really, it's that simple. It's just believing and then listening to the universe, God, the universal source, whatever you'd like to call it give you your signs and your guideposts along the way. How I became, how I came about getting the word believe as my, I don't know, my signature word. It's one of my tattoos. It's something that's important to me was that many years ago, and I'm not going in a chronological order, but it's going to give you some insight about me, how I got to where I am today and how I do what I do. My father had a near-death experience. He was being operated on, and he came out of his body and saw the surgeons and could tell us what they said. But not just that. He said that he was held by God, whatever that was, in the palm of his hand. It it felt like a large palm. And held him up, and in his particular instance, it held him up over something that was somewhat negative. Um, I'm not making a bold statement on whether I believe in that or not. I'm not sure. But this is his experience. And he was a man of science. He was a well-known scientist. And though he believed in God, he said he always questioned whether there was a negative energy on the other side. This is his story. And so he was held up over some, some place that he didn't feel like going. And he said that God told him he had a choice to live or die. But he could view from where he was that there was a place that was less than positive. I'm paraphrasing, mind you, but he was given a choice. And when my father told the story, he told it in tears, breaking down, crying. Now, as a little girl, my father was almighty, much like Atlas. He could do anything. So to have my father cry, I was 19, but I still was stunned to see him cry because I had never seen it when he told the story. I did ask him if there was anything else I should know, and he outwardly said, you're not supposed to know now. You have to learn for yourself. But there's one thing I've been told I can tell you that it's very, very simple. The whole answer to everything in life is simple. I thought, okay, I was 19. Okay, I'll get that at a later date. It wasn't until decades after that, I was walking up a flight of steps into our attic and it hit me. Can you imagine decades later, I hear in my head, just believe. That's all it takes. 
And that's what I realize now makes it so simple. You just need to believe. It's not even so important what you believe in, what book you pick up and read, what church you go to, synagogue or mosque. It's that you have a faith and a belief that other things are possible. So hence the word believe. So I will ask that you join me down my road of shows and open up your mind to believe and listen to the various topics I discuss, the callers I have, the guests I have, and the readings that I do. Take in what works for you and let go of what does not. A little about me as to who is this lady and how does she talk to dead people? Because I really do say that. I know there's mediums that don't phrase it that way, but I really do cut to the chase. I do talk to dead people, or, or so I've been seriously led to believe I do, and I've done a lot of studying for decades. And I pride myself on being an evidential medium. There are schools of thought on mediumship, and there's a lot of people out there using the word medium awfully lightly. And I think some people do it in a deceptive way, unfortunately. And I think some people do it in a naive way. And they believe they're mediums and they're not. And there are many wonderful actual true mediums out there. Many, many that you don't know their names. And they're not the top ones in the world that you say. There are people just as good that are everywhere. But it doesn't come without a price to pay. And it doesn't come without sacrifice. And study. This was not... I didn't study it in school. I did go to college and graduate school, but at no point did I get that master's degree in mediumship or psychic ability. did get it in teaching, so that does help me to teach classes now. It comes in quite handy. But it's not where I learned to do what I can do, or nor did I ever know that ultimately I would be doing this. I can tell you that I did come into this earth body I have to say vibrating higher than some, not the highest, but I knew stuff since the age of three. My mother tells me a story and has always told it that happened when I was three, three and a half years old. My parents took me to an inn in Connecticut, and apparently I got very bent out of shape, reciting the owner's first name, Long Dead, saying she was upset that they had changed the house so much and removed, especially that they removed the fireplace. Now, my parents were somewhat embarrassed that their little girl was running in circles, pitching a fit. I had very conservative, older parents that did, that just didn't go over well. And the manager came over, and they thought they were going to be yelled at. <laughs> when in actuality, the manager said with a stunned face, I'm listening to what your daughter's saying, and I have to tell you, that is one of the owner's names. And we personally did move the fireplace, and there's been so many additions on here, you wouldn't recognize it. My mother took one look at my father and said, apparently, as the story goes, she's just like my mother. And that continued things like that, always. And always my mother said, she's just like my mother. I didn't meet my grandmother until I was eight, and then she died when I was 11. But I do know she read cards, and I do know that she gave psychic readings and tea leaves. I have no idea where she would have learned it. It's not culturally in our family. But she did, and I know she had a troubled, difficult, hard life. In a retrospect, I'm thinking it's because she knew so much that she couldn't handle her life, which drove her to um, a less than highest and greatest good lifestyle, let's just say that. My mother said everything that she knew that happened and the the people she contacted upset her. It scared her. And I realize now she didn't have a, a tribe like I do to talk about it or a venue like this. It does run in families. 
And you don't have to have a mother or a father or a grandmother that was a psychic or a medium to be able to do this. But it certainly is in the, in, in the DNA somewhere. From that near-death experience of my father's, I took that and I began to study life after death. It fascinated me. I believed it. There was, a, there was a one doubt in my mind. In fact, before he died, I would visit him in his hospital room. Now, my father died not speaking to me, which is a major part of, of my life and my evolution. But I was in his room once, having him ignore me. And he looked up and he said, they're here. And he lit up like a Christmas tree, smiling. And I thought to myself, I know he sees people that I don't see. And then I was 19 again, so I was a little bit of a wise guy. And I thought, thank goodness I don't see them. Maybe that means I'm not going where he's going. Not yet. I knew, I knew they were his parents who I had never met. And I said to him, do you see your parents? And he said, don't you? And I said, no, I don't see them. And he stopped talking. And now we know that many people report seeing their dead loved ones before they cross. That's just what happens, not to everybody, but to many people. So, you know, events like that, and I would dream of plane crashes. I don't know what the plane crash thing was, but I would dream of a plane crash and get up and turn on the news in high school, and there would be a plane crash. And I could never explain it. I didn't know where it was going to happen, but I always dreamt about it. I don't have dreams so much now. I can tell you that I saw one spirit person when I was eight years old, I've seen three in my life. All of my spirit people come to me through my clairs and mostly through clairvoyance where I can see them in my third eye. But I was eight. And at the end of our street, it was a private road with maybe 10 houses. And at the end of our street lived, I hope I can say this. I think I can because it's a matter of public record. Uh, Mike Todd, who was married to Liz Taylor, his son, Mike Todd Jr., and, you know, if Liz came to town, the street got shut down. <laughs> so I, I Googled this. So I know I was eight. And unfortunately, Mike Todd Jr.'s wife, Mrs. Todd, passed away at a very young age. Her children were at the bus stop with me. And I was an only child, and the bus stop was in front of my house, so they had to walk all the way down this lane to get there. One day, the Todds weren't there. And I it was odd because suddenly I was there alone and I had heard their mother had died. I didn't really understand what that was because at eight you're thinking, how does someone's mother die? You just don't get it. A month or two later, I was maybe three months because it was warmer out. And I was down at the end of the lane, bored, the big stick, you know, walking around, having no one to play with, just looking for someone to play with. And at the very end of the road, up on the lawn, appearing to do gardening or something was Mrs. Todd, or so I thought. And I did everything I could to get her attention. I sang, I danced, I kicked those stones because it was a gravel road. I kicked and made a lot of noise to no avail. I saw the side of her head. I could tell you to this day what she was wearing. But she didn't turn. My whole, uh, my, my objective was to get her children, she had several of them, to come out and play or her invite me in because I was bored. And then at eight, I think to myself, uh-oh, she died. And I took off like a shot, ran down that gravel road like a cartoon with dust at my heels, straight down and up my 200, 250-foot driveway, boom, into the house. And there was my mother with a neighbor who I'd already done something metaphysically weird with years before, which the neighbor had never forgotten. I come in saying, I saw Mrs. Todd. My mother's face dropped, the neighbor's face dropped. 
And she said, she's just like my mother. I said, mom, mom, Mrs. Todd is dead. (laughs) And she said, you're just like your grandmother. And that was the end of it. Not a big deal made. Nobody squashed it, but not a big deal made. I guess when you're eight, you kind of think, wow, that's weird. I guess that, that happens. So because nobody made a big deal of it, it rolled off my shoulders. I'm not so sure seeing a a person directly in front of me now where I could touch in spirit would, I'd probably have, (laughs) I'd be probably more scared now. But, you know, looking back, I've had other events. I could sit here for a two hour show talking about every event that's happened to me. And we've all had that. You've had that, right? You know, when the phone is going to ring from that psychic sixth sense, you know, when you have a bad feeling, you're going to take a different turn, you're down a different road. Why? You don't know, but your gut tells you. Or you have a dream about your dead relative and they die. It happens all the time. It's not unusual. And that's what I want you to know. That's not weird. That's not woo-woo. That's quantum physics. And that's your sixth sense. You don't have five senses. You have six. It's not weird. So think about that. That this is part of everyday life. The problem is we tend to think about the negative, And those are the things we remember. Oh, I knew something bad was going to happen. Yep, had a dream. They died. And they did. You tend to remember those instead of those times when something good was going to happen. Your left brain likes to get in the way, and that's your ego. Mine, too, and knock that out. We're going to work on that in this, in this series of shows I'm going to do. We're going to work on the left brain, I can assure you. I started reading cards in my late 20s. Uh, My now husband, boyfriend at the time, took me to Salem, Massachusetts because of my great interest in this and bought me a deck of cards. And I started studying and taking classes because tarot, I still read them now, but I never obviously use them for mediumship. And it's not where I'm drawn. People do want them, but not a lot. But I studied because it's quite an art to the tarot. But for me, they were restrictive. I always wanted to say more. It was more, 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 but I felt restricted by the book and what the rules were. And, you know, now I know it's because I was a medium and I was pulling at a higher frequency and vibration. And I, that's why I felt restricted, but I studied them. I read them and I, I was very accurate and always very surprised. Like, wow, this is really real. I can do this. And then I read my boyfriend. And in that reading, I read that we were going to break up and possibly get back together. So we had a very, very rock-solid relationship. I had all the confidence in the world that I could tell him this, and there would be no negative ramifications. Well, I told him that. That opened up the can of worms, which led to a deep conversation, which led to a breakup within about an hour and a half. And out the door he went. And <laughs> I remember thinking, what would have happened if I never read those cards? Now, subsequently, I did marry him, and I have three children, so that's the way that story you know, ended there. But I put those cards down, and I didn't read for years. People came to me for intuition and psychic things. I did that. I did not touch those cards. And, in fact, I can be honest and say, actually, I still have the cards. I've never read them again. If you can imagine, I never read the cards after that. (laughs) They're upstairs right now, hidden away. And (laughs) I'm just like you. I'm like everybody else. Things bother me. I, but I never stopped my studying. And we will talk about down the road um, the difference between, as I said earlier, psychic ability and mediumship. But I want to give an example of one interesting thing that happened to me when I was down at the Association of Research and Enlightenment in Virginia Beach, the Edgar Casey Institute. I went down, did a lot of studying there. 
And one of the classes was putting a picture in a manila envelope and writing down everything you hear, felt, smell, the whole, all of your clairs. So I, I was probably the only working psychic in the room from, from the chit-chat that we had had. I was there with a friend. And all I could write was a circle, a square, and a triangle. No, a circle, a triangle, and wavy lines. Everyone else is writing these prosy things with colors and verbiage, and it was just incredible. And I've got three things. I looked at my friend. I said, this is embarrassing. I'm, what kind of psychic am I? And I, I immediately downgraded myself and really berated myself and really felt bad. And she was like, just wait. And she was not a working psychic. She had all this stuff written down. So we pulled our pictures out, and mine was a picture of a sun, water, and a mountain. And I say, this is ridiculous. What kind of psychic am I? Look at this. And my friend said to me, Carla, how about the sun is the circle, the mountain is the triangle, and the wavy lines are the water? My response, oh, please. I should have written mountain. I should have written water. I should have written sun. I should have written orange. I should have written you know, blue. And she shook her head, and I said, the teacher better not come up to me. So, you know, as the law of attraction would have it, right over to me. And what did you get? <laughs> I pick it up. I show her. And I didn't let her get a chance to speak. Within no time, I, I did it again. And she got mad at me. I said, oh, this is bad, blah, blah. She said, your only problem is your ego. And this was in front of everyone. And you're getting in your way. You'll never be able to do this with that attitude. You drew the circle, you drew the triangle, and you drew the wavy lines. That's it. And I wasn't happy being chastised in front of the group. But what it did teach me is deliver the messages that you get. Don't decipher them in your mind. That was a hit. Now, of course, I would probably now see the mountain or a swimming pool for water if I didn't get an actual ocean. But back then, I was getting the information. It was my left brain getting in the way. So please... Do not ignore the thoughts and feelings that you have. You're not wrong. I didn't read for years because I was raising my children. I have a special needs child. He's now 18. There's a lot of work to be done there. The universe knows what to give you so you're sympathetic and you're a better person because I am a better person because of him. I'm grateful he's high functioning and he's in college, but it was week years of 35 hours a week of therapy for him it was a lot of work and I, I couldn't read but it made me a better better person and more sympathetic and I know that was part of my reading to come I still studied I still took classes and I can't tell you the tens and tens and tens of books I've read on this subject not knowing I was supposed to do this for a living and really go full force but in 2008 I started getting this unusual, I used to call it, this is how negative we can be, okay? I'm going to even admit to this, the black cloud of doom, okay? Could that be less, less positive? I would have felt the black cloud of doom when I was going to have a difficult year. This wasn't as doomful as it felt changing, but I would joke with my friends and say something big's coming. I don't know what it is. It's kind of like the black cloud of doom, but I can feel it. And what started happening within a few months is friends that I, I trusted and cared for dropped off and be way beyond my control. Everything started changing. I started writing. I wrote metaphysics. I wrote campy, you know, new topics. I wrote under um, a lot of pseudonyms, which was fun to pick. Um, but I went right back to metaphysical writing. And then, and this is what made me who I am today, besides all the classes and myriad of stories I'm leaving out, but there's usually a life-changing event that happens that causes all of us who do this work to do what we do. 
as I mentioned, my father died not speaking to me. Uh, admittedly, that took decades to get past. And now I, I now realize I am fully past. I could be honest in saying that when I think of my father today, that's not the first thing I think of, that he didn't talk to me. So, And that's only recently, so that took a long time. But I'm there. But someone came back into my life via social media, and she was a friend that the friendship ended in an odd way. I blamed her for a lot of things. She blamed me for a lot of things. And one of the things was my father not talking to me. So I, if I could have gone the rest of my life without ever seeing her again, that would have been fine with me at the time. She reached out to me in social media as all of these changes were happening. And I thought there was the back of my mind. I knew that until I faced that you know, ghost from the past, no pun intended, that I couldn't move on. And I didn't want to. I would not accept her requests for friendship on Facebook. I did everything to avoid her. My friends knew I was afraid. Bad memories. Don't want to go back there. You're not my kind of person. I'm not doing it. Fast forward a month or two, I did accept her friend request because I thought if I didn't, it would cause more trouble. And then one day, about a month later, I was at my computer. I heard in my head, contact her right now. I literally, without even thinking, messaged her. Within a second, she messaged me back, and within no time, we were on the phone. I now had to go admit this to my friends on why I would ever even reach out to this person. My response to them, because it really was shocking, really. Every friend of mine couldn't believe it, and my response was, it was my vibe. Actually, what I said is, the vibe told me to. And all of my friends, these are lifelong friends, said, okay. Because they knew. If I know, I know. Now, here's why I'm a medium. Because what was happening here is I had to heal that wound, deal with a lot of things about my father and blame I had toward her, befriend her, but what she didn't tell me is she was dying. Of course, I said to her, are you ill? Because I did have that feeling. I had only seen her a handful of times, but we spoke frequently, and we healed a lot of wounds, and I'm forever grateful. But one day I get a call that she's in the hospital and her organs have failed. In fact, she texted me in hospital org. I swear to you, I have it in hospital organs failed. Text you later. That's that's the text I got. Within a month, with a lot of drama in between, I was her healthcare proxy and I was sitting at the side of her bed before she took her last breaths. Now, let me tell you something. That's a bittersweet thing to see. I just rekindled my friendship with her just started healing, and now I'm going to look at a person cross over in front of me, which I had never seen. I left the room, said goodbye to my father, and he died 15 minutes later. I am now controlling all of her machines being taken off, everything. But I was blessed enough to sit there at the moments of her last breath. And what's fascinating, and I want you to know, is although I've sleep-deprived and thinking some of this was me absolutely going off the wall, I saw her come out of her body, and I heard my, and she looked at me and gave me a dirty look. Now, I've never seen anything like this before. I thought I was nuts. And I heard in my head, she won't die. You have to let her go. You're talking too much. Tell her she needs to go. And I thought, oh, I've heard that before. I've read that. So I looked at her, and I said, are you waiting for me to be quiet? And I will give you permission to die. She hadn't spoken in four days. She moaned. I said, okay, let's do this. I turned, I grabbed her by the shoulders. I whispered in her ears. You can go. Look for the light. Her eyes opened. She looked to the left of the room, smiled. This happened just like a book. And I said, go, go. It's safe. Go to the light. Go. With every word, her breath slowed and slowed and slowed. And I remember thinking, I can't believe this is working. This is like, this is a movie. This is a book. Thank God I I know how to do this. And I don't even know how to do this. And I kept hearing in my 
clairaudience, which I didn't know what that was then. I mean, I had heard of it, but I didn't realize it was happening. I really thought I was cracking up what to do. She slowly crossed in front of me and left. As she died, and I, of course, collapsed in tears because I had just done the most monumentally difficult thing I'd ever done, I heard you're a medium. And I looked around the room like, all right, this is clearly, I'm, I'm still cracking up. I, this can't be right. Within a week of that, I met a medium. Now, you don't just meet mediums, not back then. And read his book, spoke to him, began to study. Within two, three months, not even, I was reading cards again. I, I, I picked up a whole new clientele after a long time. And within no time, I was a working medium. Now, in between that, I was told by every person who had ever read me, including some of the big names, you're a medium. Do you read cards? Because if you read cards, you need to get rid of them. They're blocking you, which would explain what I had felt for years. I met a medium. She said, you're a medium. You are. Just do it. She said, come to my house. I do a group every month. You can sit in. So I thought she was going to train me. And I laugh with her to this day. She threw me under the bus. She said, here's Carla. She's a medium. And within no time, I started delivering messages. There was 10 people to the group. People were crying. I was writing and writing and writing feverishly and would read what I wrote. And they cried. And from that minute on, I held my own groups. And it never stopped where I could do two, three groups a week on top of private readings. It never stopped. The world just opened. I continued to study. I sat with her for about a year. I studied all over different places. I never found the perfect fit because I was not meant to have the one, the only mentor, which I had hoped. But my, my life took off in this world. And I, I will study up to this minute. I mean, I, there is a no, I don't think there's any time in your life when you don't have to study more or learn more. There's not something else to learn. I picked evidential medium because I need three to five pieces of evidence from your spirit people. That's why I'm an evidential medium. That's what I want. Some schools of thought will tell you you need Eight to ten. I get eight to ten, but I require three to five from them, and they have to be hard hits, things I couldn't know. I learned that when I went to study with a top medium a year and a half ago. Not a good experience, I'll be honest, but I took away a lot from that, but it never shook me, even though it would have years ago. I just couldn't. They don't like that I write on paper. Oh, well. So that's what brought me here today. I still study. I still work. I still write. I mean, I don't work as anything else but a medium, but it's what I do. And I decided a radio station was perfect because I'm used to a live audience. I'm used to being in front of a crowd. I can pretend you're all actually in front of me. But I like to get my point across to teach, to help, and help you open up to your highest and best good. And if I can help you do that in any way, I've done more of my job as being in service. So I can be found. Let me tell you about where I can be found. My website is CarlaBlaha.com. Just going to get that out there. Blaha is actually my last name, not a stage name. I married into it. It was a little, du- little tough uh, adjustment, but I got it. And now I like it because it really looks good with Carla. So CarlaBlaha.com. My Facebook page, which I love, is Carla Blaha Evidential Medium. I have Carla Blaha Medium on Instagram. I have Twitter, believe and listen, but I'm not so good at Twitter, I have to admit. Tweeting, not my strength. I work once a week at Synchronicity in Brewster, New York. I love that store. I also work several times a month and do groups in Briarcliff Manor, New York, at Soloris Wisdom and Wellness Center. I have my own private-based clients, and I do groups all over. 
I'll drive far. I'll get on a plane. I do fundraisers, private groups. Groups are my, I love them. Wonderful energy in the group. I do Skype readings, phone readings. I love my job. I love my job. In fact, I don't take enough days off. That is a problem. And I've been told that when I get read, take time off. Your body needs it. So I haven't done that yet. But again, I don't always practice what I preach. So if you could, I'd really love you to come back and listen to future shows. I will have callers, as I said. I will have guests come in, all different topics. Take away from it whatever works for you. My job isn't to twist your arm. My job is to offer you information and just have you take what you want, release the rest. Because you know what? Every single person needs to use their sixth sense. Which brings me to my book title, Get Your Vibe Back. It's on Amazon and Kindle. Very brief on how to get your vibe back and heighten your sixth sense because everyone should be using it, not just someone who's a medium. I also have a small oracle-type book called Got Inspiration? Question mark on my website. It's to be used like an oracle deck. You just ask what you need to know, and you open to the page. So, again, I hope you'll all join me again down the road and help me with this journey on trying to figure out technology um so (laughs) bear with me on this hence why we have no callers because i don't know how to do that yet so thank you enjoy your day have a blessed day and i'm grateful to be able to do this thank you for listening to believe and listen with carla blaha you can find carla at carlablaha.com To increase your personal sixth sense, Carla's book, Get Our Vibe Back, is available on Amazon Kindle. Tune in next week for more things metaphysical.